0: Welcome to the Will and the Way podcast, a podcast about making a state planning simple and accessible with fun stories, delightful soapbox rants, and more educational resources than you can imagine. Each week, we deliver the best insights and practical advice on wills, trusts, and how to protect what's important to you. Now, here's your host, attorney Alexandra Jackson. I am Alexandra Jackson, and this is Francis Jackson, and welcome back to A Will and A Way.
1: In today's episode, we're going to talk about why should you probate every death. The commandment is, thou shalt probate every single death.
0: Which is not quite as literal as it sounds, but we will get into that.
1: So can you explain in simple terms what probate is and why it's important in the context of estate planning?
0: So probate is finality. It is in the Monty Python term, bring out your debt. This is the point at which you wrap everything up. This is the last call for creditors. This is the point at which you sell or transfer or otherwise deal with everything somebody had. And it's not limited to just probate, that's also trust administration after somebody has passed. That's transfer on death and beneficiary items getting passed to the next person. But basically, this is your point to bring it all to a close, like the, the epilogue of a book, basically.
1: So you're, you're saying that this would be the process where you'd figure out how to uh, get title to the car for someone else or be able to sell it or transfer the, uh, the home if there is one or the cottage on the lake or whatever the person owned?
0: Yep. This is the point to move the family camp. What about
1: things like bank accounts and so on? Does that that get dealt with in probate?
0: So it depends on how they're set up. If the bank account was owned by a trust or if the bank account has a beneficiary, so a transfer on death, payable on death, joint owner of any sort, then it's not going to move through probate itself. Probate is the legal court process around a will. So things with a beneficiary, things that are in a trust, are not controlled by a will. So they're not part of probate. But these sorts of things will happen at the same time, regardless of which of the mechanisms they're moving through.
1: What about somebody who doesn't have a will? Does that mean they can't have a probate?
0: No. So there's two different types of probate, depending on whether you have a will or not. The law loves pairs. So testate means you have a will, and intestate means you don't. Those are both types of probate. They both happen all the time. The question is just which one you are.
1: So what are some of the biggest misconceptions you've encountered about probate?
0: I think the biggest misconceptions are probate is the devil, but nobody can tell me why. Um, I think a lot of that probably does stem from states like New York and California where it can be a very onerous and expensive process. In smaller states like Maine, for example, it doesn't take that long and it's not necessarily that expensive. Caveat, if the person left you a mess, that's always going to be a mess, doesn't matter where you live, but it can be better or worse depending on how good your planning was.
1: And so in your professional opinion, why is it essential to probate every death?
0: So I have somewhat loosely used the term probate here. It is really important at every death to do a cleanup, essentially, because it gives finality for the folks who are next. I have a case where there has been no probate through four deaths, and the ownership of this property has passed through five people, and person number five is the one I'm trying to help clean this up to show that she actually owns this property and can live on it, and can like get a mortgage so that she can work on the property. Um, So, I mean, we're talking about decade old deaths at this point. Um, Both of her parents have passed, siblings have passed, and so the process of this was made harder by waiting. There are two different types of probate unrelated to the will. So in Maine, there's four different types total. There's informal and there's formal. Generally speaking, you have to probate a will within three years. If you don't do that, there are exceptions through which you can still probate a will or an estate generally, even if it's intestate. But it usually has to be related to something like ownership of property. So there are more formalities and hoops to jump through that wouldn't have happened if this had been dealt with faster.
1: Okay, so can you um, explain Uh, briefly uh, what the probate process is and the steps that are involved?
0: So I'm going to use Maine as my base example. First of all, somebody has to die, right? So you need to have a death certificate. If there's a will, you want to find the will. Like I said, you've got three years generally to put this in place. And in the first four months after you actually file all the paperwork, and it will take anywhere from a week to a month, to get the paperwork back appointing you um, as personal representative, also called executor or executrix, depending on where you live. But there's, you know, about a month or two at the beginning where you're just looking for paperwork and filing paperwork. Generally speaking, creditors right now have four months to respond and actually ask to be paid. Um, After that, you've got a period to respond to each of them and then after all of the creditors are dealt with you can move on to distributing things to family members or other people inheriting now there are exceptions about things family can keep before the creditors get to that i will not get into the, into that in this particular episode because that's in the nitty-gritty and that also varies a lot by state but generally speaking in maine it's going to take you a month or two to get the paperwork together, done, get appointed. Another four months or so for creditors. And then after that, it's about getting things to the right people, basically.
1: So this uh, creditor's business, is that, it sounds like that might be important. What happens if you uh, tell all the creditors that the person died and someone who has a, a claim against the estate um, doesn't respond?
0: then they don't get paid. So, with the exception of certain things like the government, who are always going to get their money. So, don't try this with the IRS or Main Revenue Services. Just don't. But ordinary creditors who don't have some sort of government interest and who aren't attached to the property. So, a mortgage is attached to the property. A car loan is attached to the car. That sort of stuff you can't get around, no matter what you're doing. But other types. So... Your credit card for example if they don't file within the amount of time that they have to file they don't get paid period
1: so the credit card bill would just go away if the, comp- the credit card company doesn't file
0: they may try and collect it anyway but you don't have to pay them I have recently been going back and forth with some companies that we've just had to say you've missed this window you had time you didn't make it you're not getting paid
1: okay so tell me um, can you shed some light on what the common problems or issues that arise in the probate? Uh, you, you mentioned earlier uh, a problem where the, there weren't successive probates, and so now you've got this mess to clean up. But what are some of the other common issues?
0: The <laughs> so the most common issues are regarding who owns what. So we talked about the property example. That also is true with cars, though. Maine doesn't have, unless you're joint owners with somebody, Maine does not have a mechanism for transferring a car unless it's in a trust, so the trust owns it, or you're a joint owner with somebody. Other than that, you've got to probate it if you want to sell the vehicle. So there isn't a way around that, basically. You've got to do something there. Um, that can also be a really big issue with insurance. So car insurance, home insurance. I have had people find out that a house isn't insured, and then because it's currently in probate, and we're in limbo waiting for a person to be appointed, there's nobody who can get insurance. So if it burns down, it burns down. And that's not a good place to be in. The other common problem I see is that people don't know where the assets are. So they don't know that there's a safety deposit box. They don't know where the bank accounts are. I've had clients who had to drive to multiple banks and ask, if somebody had a bank account there. Um, There's a safe but they don't know the combination. There's a computer and they don't know the access code or password. Uh, Usually the question is how organized were you? Uh, See my previous commandment on that. But it's mostly a mess of people can't find it or the ownership isn't properly dealt with.
1: And so how would estate planning help with that
0: so if you want to avoid for example the car you can't sell scenario you could put it in a trust you could put a joint owner on it I don't recommend that for other reasons which I won't get into right now but there are ways also if you're doing your estate planning correctly you're gonna be more organized so people are gonna have a much easier time finding things but also if it's as simple as there's no will and you're still probating it that would have solved my client's situation with the house You know, we would have had proof of death, proof of death, proof of death, proof of death, boom. And you just follow it through.
1: Good. So um, how does the process change if the probate is for someone who doesn't have a will?
0: So as I like to say, if you do not have a plan, the government has one for you. Intestacy statutes, remember intestate means you don't have a will intestacy statutes in each state control what happens to your things if you have not stated it so did people have heirs and those heirs are determined by the intestacy statutes they are meant to fit most people most of the time they are not a good fit for everybody all of the time in fact i have encountered a lot of people where there's always something that's just off and not going to match but that's the point of having a will right so you can at least go to these statutes, and they will tell you, okay, well, the spouse gets this, or the spouse gets everything, and then, you know, the kids get this, or however it pans out, and they just sort of move through the family tree, moving outwards, looking for living people. And if not, the state will then take it. Fun fact.
1: So, um, what are the implications for folks who are beneficiaries under the will If the probate process is just skipped
0: i have found that one of the common issues is that if there is a will or there should be a probate and somebody's not doing it it's usually not for a good reason normally that is somebody who has bad intentions sometimes that's a person who has okay or good intentions and they just have no idea what they're doing but that still means usually the wrong people get stuff There's a lot of people who are just like, well, if we just never legally deal with it, nobody's going to realize that I don't get any of it or uh, other stuff like that. So I strongly recommend that you figure out who legally has a right to things because you may be surprised.
1: So what are some ways to simplify the probate process for these families that are grieving?
0: Definitely having a will, at the very least. The reason for that is not just that it clarifies who gets what and makes it very simple. The reason for that is also it clarifies who's the personal representative. Because bear this in mind, the priority levels for personal representative match the intestacy statutes, which means you can have classes of people that have equal right to be appointed. That doesn't happen in a will. In a will, you pick the person or persons that you want to do something. You list a very specific order. They don't have to do it, but there's something laid out. Whereas if you have four children, they all have equal priority. So if they don't agree on who's gonna be appointed, there's gonna be a court date. Those aren't that bad in Maine, but I can't say that anybody has found them fun or exciting thus far.
1: Are there uh, any uh classes of assets or other scenarios where probate may not be necessary?
0: Oh yeah, there's loads of those. So anything that a trust owns, you should be doing trust administration instead of a probate. Um, Revocable living trusts are probably the most common for that because that's usually what people are using in life. And then at death, it becomes the will substitute. It's used instead to move stuff. You don't have to go through probate. You don't have to wait. There's still things you should do anyway, but it's a more streamlined process. There's no additional paperwork, et cetera. Wills um, also don't cover things that have beneficiaries. So if you have a bank account that says transfer on death or payable on death, that is going to go directly to that person. They're gonna have to go apply to the bank, basically. Um, Retirement accounts are generally the same life insurance, anything that has a beneficiary of any sort is not going to pass under the will. That's going to be a direct application to the company who will then pass it over to the person listed as beneficiary. If you're going through probate with a retirement account, somebody has messed up because it shouldn't be there. The tax consequences are horrific, so don't do that. Um, Another of the big ones now is transfer on death deeds or ladybird deeds. Those are new in maine as of 2019 and still somewhat untested um perhaps more so than i think they were prepared for but um those are technically an immediate transfer upon death obviously you've got to have a death certificate at least nobody's going to take you at your word but that is a non-probate transfer technically speaking
1: so how do state laws like the ones here in maine uh, affect the probate process Is there anything that, if you have a small estate, for example, you're just trying to move the car from the person who died to their son, is there some way to do that simply and inexpensively?
0: There is um, contracted or abrogated paperwork for things like a small estate. So in Maine, it's under 50,000. It gets complicated because you can take a certificate of small estate, and do a lot of things. I did have a client where there was an issue with the life insurance. So it was being paid to the estate. However, the amount for the insurance was $60,000. And so because they'd shown them the small estate affidavit, the insurance company wouldn't pay them because it had to be under $50,000 to be a small estate. So what we ended up doing was I told them just go file to open the probate, send them the paperwork, and see if they pay you, and they did. They said, well, it's not a small estate under $50,000 anymore. We can cut you a check for sixty. and they okay. did. But it's just So you stuff like mentioned,
1: that. you mentioned uh, payment to beneficiaries. What happens in cases where all the beneficiaries die before the person dies?
0: in that case it will be paid to the estate so if no estate is open that money is going to be in limbo it's payable to the estate but if there's no appointed personal representative nobody has the legal authority to act for the estate so it's just gonna hang out
1: so that can create problems like you were talking about with the insurance company where the insurance company just says no we're not paying this
0: yes essentially they will just Leave the money in limbo. Um, After a certain amount of time, I suspect they'd hand it over to the unclaimed property funds in your particular state.
1: I'm not sure anybody would like that result.
0: I mean, my client certainly wasn't going to. This was going to a disabled child, so uh, the, the folks who were named under the will to be dealing with all of that were not thrilled at that idea.
1: Okay. So how do probate courts ensure that a deceased person's assets are distributed according to their wishes.
0: So, the unpleasant and true answer is that in most of the law, the enforcement method is litigation. That means somebody's got to sue you and say you're doing it wrong. In Maine in particular, if you don't ask for a formal probate with supervised administration, and you generally shouldn't because that's a pain, the only time the court is actually going to step in is if Somebody objects. So good news is if you filed all the paperwork, it shows who should get what, right? It's fairly obvious, in fact. So you can say, well, I didn't get that, and where is it? But this is a human system and it requires human action. The probate courts, unless they're doing something like supervised administration, are not going to just reach out and say that you're doing the wrong thing. They're generally actually not very involved in the process at all.
1: So what are the potential consequences for someone who is supposed to do something under the will and they just refuse to do it?
0: You are personally liable for it. And so that can be something as simple as you must return the item that you took or gave to the wrong person, or something like you must pay back the money personally You, as personal representative, are individually liable, the way you are when you file your taxes. So if you mess something up as personal representative, they can just sue you individually. That's like a lien against your house if you really screw up, you know. Um, If you don't have a house, they could garnish your wages, potentially. It's not a good place to be in.
1: So can you clarify the difference between probate assets and non-probate assets you you kind of you <laughs> kind of talked a little about each of those a, a minute ago but can you just kind of say what's in which bucket
0: Yeah you're going to love these definitions Probate is everything that's not non-probate <laughs> So Okay <laughs> So non-probate assets are things that have a beneficiary a joint owner or are in a trust general rule. Basically there's some sort of owner still alive or existing in some way or there is a transfer on death or pay on death mechanism. Probate is quite literally everything else. So things that don't get removed are left. It's not a very clean definition because it's the everything else category but Essentially, anything you haven't dealt with through a transfer on death deed, assigned a beneficiary to, it doesn't say payable on death, it doesn't say transfer on death, it doesn't have a joint owner, anything like that is going to be in the probate. Frequently, that's physical stuff and bank accounts with no beneficiary.
1: So, you know, we're focusing here on thou shalt probate every death. Can you just explain to our listeners how can they better prepare for the probate process? What, what's important to do to make, pain, make probate as simple and painless as possible?
0: The simplest thing you can do for other people is to be organized about what you have and where it is going. Please do not use sticky notes. Those can fall off and they're not legally effective. I had to read cases about this in law school. Did I think I would read cases about people using sticky notes in law school? No. But here we are. So, be organized. Be very clear with family members ahead of time. You don't have to like tell them your bank account numbers. But if you've got like a booklet with all the important information on it, and you've got a will, you're way ahead of most people.
1: Now I've seen old booklets that you give out to clients that are that are uh, these orange books, and it's it's got a place for people to list all that stuff, right?
0: Yep, and there's usually a a password keeper section in there. Um, I've got clients who do it electronically instead, and I just say, you've got to put that computer password somewhere. But something, doesn't have to be the next odyssey, but just something to get somebody started so that they're not sitting there taking your name in vain, as it were.
1: So what kinds of things would you recommend um, People have organized. You you talked about bank account numbers.
0: Yeah. Uh, So I generally recommend anything somebody would need to step into your daily life. So who's got your home insurance? Who's got your car insurance? Where's your freaking car keys? I mean, um, what banks do you go to? Even if you don't have the account numbers, the bank is usually nice enough to say, okay, well, it's this person. Here's the death certificate. These are the accounts we have. And if they have a joint account or something else, they'll tell you. I have had to do probates where the joint owner died five years ago and is still listed. So I had to produce both death certificates and wait for them to tell me that because she had died first, he got all the money, which I knew. But they had to prove it to themselves internally first. So just generally, you know, daily life. Anything somebody would need to run your day-to-day Banking, bills, credit cards, any of that.
1: So you'd you'd want to basically tell them what all of your assets are.
0: Yeah. As best you can, you want to tell them all of that. Um, And you don't have to say, like, every single book you own. But if there's a book going to Mary, you should say, hey, the book for Mary is in the library, and it's on the third bookshelf or the purple bookshelf or something. Anything more descriptive than it is a book and it's in the library will do.
1: Now, what about, we're in this technological age, what about uh, digital assets?
0: So, that goes back to the password keeping that we talked about. You want to keep your most important online accounts, so emails, bear in mind, attached to those also, but I pay my mortgage online, I pay my student loans online, I pay my utilities online, and I put them on my credit card, which also gets paid online so all of those accounts you want to keep the information for with all of the other things about like your bank account numbers
1: so really you want to create uh, a list so that people know who you owe what you own and how to access all your electronic uh, records
0: yep that's about the size of it it ends up being pretty comprehensive i I would say start from the most basic stuff. You know, every time you touch it, just write something down.
1: All right. Well, today, folks, that wraps up our latest episode uh, of A Will and A Way.
0: See you next time. Thanks for joining us this week on the Will and the Way podcast. Make sure to visit our website jacksonestateplanning.com slash podcast, where you can subscribe to the show in iTunes, Spotify, or via
1: RSS, so you'll never miss a show. Be sure to tune in next week for our next episode.